What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. It is the first episode after the voting results are out. And so this is not just any other episode. This is is the final episode of our GE Special Edition. Exactly. And it is also the first episode of the rest of Singapore's life. Yeah, actually, I was really looking forward to hearing more commentary about the, the stuff last night, but I really couldn't find uh, podcasts that were, you know, jumping on it. So I was actually yeah. excited to come here and just talk, talk through it. La. Talk through it. La. So today is 11th July 2020. Last night, uh, I hope you were also up uh, just tracking the progress of the voting results and all that. Because, I mean, even aside, just taking away the results, it, it fucking blew my mind about how... It felt like really Singapore was together, not in an NDP kind of bullshit kind of sense, but really like uh, when you when there were polling results announced, even where I was staying, you could hear, and I don't stay in Sengkang, um, and you know, like the constant uh, f- uh, like activity on Twitter and Facebook, and it was fucking awesome, man. I loved it. La. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I liked it that uh, I, was, I was watching it at a friend's place uh, with yeah. like five other people. So ah, okay, good. Distancing. You clarify. Ah, clarify. <laughs> clarify. Then, I mean, I just walked out of the balcony, you know, during a break, and then, then I looked across my left and right. Eh, like the other balconies also had people like congregating and you know talking politics probably and smoking or something. So yeah, yeah like, it just uh, this sense of uh, community that you almost never see except during World Cup and maybe yeah. when, when the CB <laughs> when the CB was first announced, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. Like those videos that uh, were circulating from Aljunate and Haugang, it really looked like they won the Premier League and then, uh, you know, the bus came by and like fucking people with flags and all. And, you know, and for whenever we looked at America, you know, we were like, oh fuck, you know, they're not doing social distancing, mm. this is fucked up and all. Like, I guarantee you most people looked at Aljunate and Haugang videos, they're like, you know, it's yeah. fucking awesome. La. No, you I know? thought it was fake, you know. As in, when I saw the, the, the videos of people in Haogang with the giant oh, flag, so I thought, this can't be real. There's social distancing. People, Singaporeans no, are man. More, people they're, don't give a they're shit. more normal, they're more sane than this. Come on, we won't do this shit. Then I looked in, oh shit, someone's wearing a mask. Then, oh fuck, it's real. No, so in some way, it's also a little humbling, right? You know, for everyone who said, oh, why, why can't these protesters, you know, have social distancing? When people are emotional, they get caught mm. up and like, the, the the threat of other things goes down. Like, and it was, I mean, it was a bit conflicting. I was looking at it, I was like, mm, is that the best thing to do? Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, like, when was the last time you saw like Singaporeans? Also, because I think there were no rallies this year, right? Mm. So that whole community, that physical community was not felt this year. And it was just like, Fucking, it, wow, fuck, it just felt like, I, I felt more proud to be Singaporean last night mm. than I have in a long time. Yeah, but that's it, uh, we just, uh, before we jump into the results and talking about all that, how was yeah. your polling experience, your queuing and everything, that whole experience? Actually, for me, for me it was super smooth. I'm I, I in mean, Mountbatten uh, SMC and basically I got there, there were maybe like 10 people in front of me. I went with my mum. Um, mm. So there were 10 people in front of me and like the queue just kept moving. Oh wait, but, you, there, was, but you, there was no special queue for you. Uh. There was, right? For your mom at least. Uh, no, so she went during her band. La. She's 70 uh. years old. She went during her band. So I was just with her. But because there was no not much waiting time, they, we didn't even need to consider, hey, where is the alternative queue? It was fucking smooth. Not mm. unlike some of the videos I saw online. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I think same same for me as well. Uh, I was also with a family member that 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 required assistance. Also, I I got to jump the queue, but initially when I first got there, they were telling me, "Oh, you go and sit down there and then wait for your turn to join the queue." So I was expecting, you know, it's going to be at least half an hour or something. But because yeah. of my family member and the fact that I could follow the family family member, 
Yeah, like, we yeah. just I just walked to the front of the queue. Uh. It felt like I felt like a bit like you could jump? How come you could jump? How come you could jump? No, because I said I'm accompanying a family member who needs assistance. And then after oh. that, they're like, oh, okay, okay. And then they, they they just let me go go together. Lah. And then after that, I just like like a douchebag. You know, the one that, <laughs> you know, every time you take flight last time, there, every time they say business class first. Yeah, la, douchebags. Douchebags. I just walked Walk. in and just, oh, okay. And then I I, I managed to like, <laughs> out, of, like, out of sheer luck, I found a parking spot like right outside the voting area somehow. So oh, I practically, it was practically like 10 minutes of my time. That's it. <laughs> oh, but but, but uh, I think a lot of people didn't share the same experience. Uh. I saw Yeah, I mean I saw you know where, where Lee Sien Long uh voted, right? Yeah. I mean he had to queue up. And then I when I passed by the area, I saw the queue really like snaked all the way out to the road and stuff, man. Yeah, so so I mean like I remember one video of this guy just driving and taking a video. I can't remember where it was, but it was fucking insane. It honestly mm. looked like more than a kilometer long. La. Yeah. Do you think do you Holy think uh, shit man? Do you th- of course a lot of people were pissed off by it la. Uh, okay, the, the, I think the reason why people are pissed off is because there was a very specific instruction for the stay-home notice people can only vote from like, I think 6 to 8 or 7 to 8 or something like that. Then yeah. because people were stuck in queues for so long, those who went for example at like 4.30, 5.30, they had to wait like almost an hour and a half. La. So it was uh-huh. starting to bleed into the SHN, the SHN time, you know. So oh. there would be mingling of SHN people and like no, like non-SHN people. At the in the queues and everything uh. so people started to get very antsy and and, and upset because uh, it's it's I mean they I, I guess they imagine you know like Walking Dead the zombies at seven o'clock they start coming <laughs> they like, coming up when the sun sets why are you sun- why are you exposing <laughs> us to the zombies that kind of thing yeah uh, so I mean there there was also a delay right I mean we're not mm. gonna go into the the speculation as to why the delay mm. happened and all that because yeah. who knows uh, I must say that for me it was ah like, oh, fuck. Here goes PAP doing another thing for people to get pissed off at. But mm. I mean, based on what people were saying, like what you're saying, you know, that there was overlap and maybe there was a good reason to delay and extend it. And I'm not familiar enough with the rules of what the returning officer can or cannot do. So mm. I wouldn't want to comment on that. Yeah. But the other thing right. on the ground that I heard was, was that, uh, yeah, like the polling, each party sends polling agents to go and uh, observe the, the whole thing, right? The yeah. problem with extending it is that they did not cater. Uh, personal protective equipment for these polling agents to stay oh. to stay beyond the SHN people coming or something like oh, that. Oh, I see, I see. Whereas, because I, I saw my friend who, was, who posted that she was doing uh, uh, this, uh, she was volunteering, like, I mean, not volunteering, mm. and she was assigned to it. So, they really wore full like PPE, like as if they were working in a hospital like that, no? to uh-huh. protect themselves. So, they didn't have enough of that for the polling agents. That's why the polling agents couldn't stay past 8 p.m. Because I think some people are asking, Fuck lah, y'all, if your party, y'all cannot even get people to stay past 8pm, what kind of fucking party are you? Oh, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's about health, it's about health concerns, it's health concerns. So, okay, so I would say generally now in my echo chamber of Facebook and my circle of friends, everyone is generally like ecstatic, you know, like mm. fucking, it's, it's monumental lah. It's the first time the opposition has two GRCs, mm. right? 2011 was the first time PAP lost a GRC and uh, now is the first time they've lost two GRCs. Mm. Right, and on the broader scheme, uh, I think in West Coast was when Tan Ching Bok uh, finished with forty eight percent, right, which was fucking disappointing. Uh, Marine Parade, I think uh, they had forty three percent. East Coast, they had also forty seven percent. So generally, PAP has done worse off uh, in terms of the number of votes they lost, lah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Aside from, okay, the general, okay, Jameis Slim is awesome, everyone's hearts, the cockles of everyone's hearts are warm. Any, any, anything else you've seen people commenting that you find interesting or not? I mean, uh, Hing Sui Kiet, obviously, his, uh-huh. um, 
he they only scraped by in East Coast, uh, 54% to 46%. He scraped uh. by to Nicosia and a team of quite new people, uh, right? Um, yeah. I mean, so we're talking about the so-called Prime Minister-elect of Singapore anchoring a GRC and only scraping by with about half of the, the places support. Uh. So yeah. it's quite a... I mean, I don't know if 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 Lim Tian can say that Jalan Besar is a referendum on Josephine Teo, right? Then uh. if you look at East Coast as a referendum on Hing Sing Kiet as PM, right? I mean, it's not a very strong, it's not a very strong showing, lah. Yeah. But at the same time, at the same time, some people are saying like, oh, imagine if Hing Sing Kiet was not there, would it would Workers Party have walked away with three GRCs instead? That's true, man. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, I also found out last last night that. Uh, for bigger GRCs, they are broken up into wards mm. and like each of the ministers typically spread out and take one ward. Like, and apparently, mm. word on the street is that Heng Sui Kat, uh, no, what Heng Sui Kat, Sugar Daddy Heng mm. did well, but the others didn't. Like, so they dragged down the average percentage. But I guess politics, a big part of it is optics, right? And yep. now, the the one thing I've seen quite uh, come up quite a bit is that, okay, Tarman had the biggest margin again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, he's carrying some dead weight, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I don't even know their fucking names. Uh. Other than that one of okay, them has an Indonesian surname. Tan Wu Ming. No, there's Tan Wu Ming, Oh, there's Tan Wu Ming, yeah, yeah. yeah and then Tan there's Wu that Sean Kiri Wang Huang, uh, the one who yeah, changed like his no, name. Yeah, exactly. Those two people, not the, not the best star. The other two, yeah. who the fuck knows who they are. Yeah. And it's just Taman. And you know, honestly, right, Taman didn't take part in the debates. Taman didn't do jack <laughs> shit. No. And he's he did still it. 75%. <laughs> And so, oh my god, you look at that, and then in terms of opposition, okay, there are 10 uh, opposition members from the same party, and their leader, uh, Pritam Singh, like, fucking uh, Aljunit, you know, I think this is where we also have to eat our humble pie, uh, like, you know, you're saying that uh, the fact that WP didn't send a Mandarin-speaking candidate to the yep. debates might hurt them, you know, because they yep. they have the Lotiakyang demographic, uh, but fuck, they, they had a swing of like, what, 15, 18%? Yeah. Right? Yeah, to show that, okay, like, Pritam Singh, like, he's fucking badass and, like, the leader of the opposition is also uh, a minority. Yeah. So, like, the leader of the, I mean, the, the incumbent who minister who did the best, the best, the leader of opposition, they're all both minorities. Mm. Then are we really not ready for a uh, non, uh, like, a non-Chinese PM? Yeah, so so that's why, yeah, exactly, uh, the optics of it, like you say, Heng Sui Kiet, 54%, the guy who said Singapore's not ready for a Chinese, uh, non-Chinese yeah. PM. Pritam Singh, I mean, like, first time heading the party, 60-40s, heading the opposition, 60-40 emphatic win for WP in the places they contested. Are we not ready for, are, are Singaporeans so not ready for, you know, uh, non-Chinese leadership, right? Yeah, exactly. So, that's fucking awesome to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe Tarban is like, maybe maybe he purposely brought on Tan Wu Ming like, you know, to, <laughs> to soften his, his performance, but that also cannot. Can you I imagine think, if he... Yeah. If he didn't have Tan Wu Ming or not. Fuck, man, hey, like, but do you see he even brought fucking Ivan, Ivan Lee <laughs> back from the, like a ghost, yeah, like he just appeared <laughs> in the corner. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this guy is still here. <laughs> I know. And people still want Tarman to be PM. Can you wait like, now? Can maybe? you guys stop voting so much for me? I even <laughs> brought Ivan Lim back here and you all still voted for me. <laughs> no, that's why maybe Sugar Daddy messaged Tarman, hey bro, can help me or not? Uh, can can do something, you know, do something in Tarman's like, ah, fuck, okay, la, I'll bring Ivan back, la, okay? Okay, I'll bring Ivan back just so I look I look worse and you look better. That one still cannot. <laughs> still cannot. Still, still cannot. cannot. No, Tarman. Yeah. Oh my God. And like, just, okay, so that that that's a nice thing to see. Um, mm. And then the disappointments, I guess, for the people who, 
were wanted more opposition is of course Dr Tambia not in parliament mm. uh Tan Cheng Bok missing out mm. a little bit and Chi Sun Juan I know Chi Sun Juan is a bit more polarizing like I'm, yep, I know yep, yep. I've seen some people say okay they are sad about Tan Cheng Bok and Tambia but uh not so much about Chi Sun Juan but mm. yeah it just felt like wow I mean now they have potential the potential to become the NCMPs lah right uh right now according to the rankings it's Workers Party East Coast team uh, was uh-huh. the next biggest loser plus uh Bok lah PSP but then uh, how does it work they, they choose one to be one from, there's 12 yeah. spots right there's, there's 12 spots no, there's for. 12 spots but basically 10 have been taken up by actual elected opposition MPs already lah so so th- what they're saying is there will always be at least 12 opposition MPs in parliament so depending on how many win elected seats so now 10 have won so 10, 12 minus 10 so there's 2 NCMP huh? seats left yeah. Wait, so that means if, if if Workers' Party won a third GRC, then there'll be no NCMPs? Yeah, correct. That's, that's oh, how it works. The, oh, idea I is see, to, I see. the idea is to make sure that even in a case of an election wipeout, there is still opposition voices in parliament. Yeah, I think... Oh, so that's why the, I think uh, what people were saying is that if, if Workers' Party chooses Nicole Xia and Tan mm. Cheng Bok chooses to not stand in uh, to give Tambia a chance to go in, mm. that could be something nice. Well, if that happens... Uh, yeah. whoo, no, and, and actually, there is uh, there is some merit to that because remember, Tan Cheng Bok visited Paul Tambia in his ward and then they shook hands and had a photo opportunity and then Fish actually bump, turns right? out, yeah, their dad's, I mean his dad, Tam, Tambia's dad was good friends with Tan Cheng Bok and there was a lot oh. of respect. Both sides are medical professionals. And, uh, right? and I'm guessing the opposition, you haven't really seen them lash out at each other. Like. They're all united oh, against yeah. PAP, like, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think Paul, Dr. Tambia, like, Fucking, I don't know what is his demeanor or not, but you, I just felt so sad listening to him, man. Yeah, yeah. but have you seen the the twenty questions interview he did with Mothership? Oh, I haven't, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. actually, I mean, anyone who you are wondering why like people are, are raving or even defending the medical professionals are coming on Facebook, like you know, I mean, you rarely see doctors post about political stuff on Facebook that much, but a lot of yeah. them are coming out defending Tam- Tambia before the end of the election. Uh, yeah, you go watch like twenty questions with Mothership. Uh, just. Within the first five seconds, like immediately, there's, there's something like that will him, shock, there'll be something that will shock you. Uh. And then one thing yeah. my girlfriend pointed out is that his skin is actually damn good, no? He's almost like so. <laughs> he's almost as flawless as his character, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Him no, Doctor Th- Tambia, yeah. Him, Tin Peiling, and Sun Xueling, uh, they should have a skin uh, st- uh, side by side, uh, Stand off. That's why launch a cosmetic line or something, uh. That's why Doctor Tambia. <laughs> okay, if you if you guys if you don't end up in Parliament, you got a cosmetic line waiting for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, lah. Yeah. So there is a chance. Because Tan Cheng Bok has said outright he doesn't want to take the NCMP seat. Like, he doesn't believe yeah. in it. But uh, but you think because you think about it, I mean, if this election was really about COVID-19, the person who was the best, yeah. best to answer any questions or talk about policy about it is Tambia. Yeah. <laughs> this why. is when you need him the most. Uh. So, I mean, yeah, lah, but PSP at the same time, they also, I mean, they've done pretty well this election. Uh, they didn't win anything, but at the same time, they had, I mean, like, close to almost 50% uh, voting share in a lot of places they contested. Yeah. yeah, that's why That's why for PSP, it's quite a it's quite an achievement. Uh. Like, Tan Cheng Bok, I think mm. I knew of him as someone who ran for president last yeah. time and, and uh, didn't uh, get the opportunity. But I've learned so much about him and fucking must give him full credit, man. And very strategically bringing in uh, Lee Sien Yang and all that. Mm. But, I mean, one thing that I think I think people have been talking about also is that you know generally in politics when there's a crisis when a country is in crisis the and an election is called they tend people tend to vote for the incumbent right yep. which in this case would be PAP and the fact that they still lost so much votes right it almost mm. makes you think like uh shit if this crisis wasn't here 
would they have lost even more? Of course, on the other school of thought, um, I think that there's some merit to point out that in the time of crisis where things that were being done don't seem to have been the most optimal, maybe that brings out people's desire for more alternative voices. Uh, if you imagine just in the terms of like uh, the economy where people, a lot of people have got, gotten fucked, you hear someone like Jay Muslim talk about how, okay, maybe it's not so much about uh, uh, prioritizing capital benefit but also labor benefit. It almost feels like, okay, a little more uplifting like, because that kind of points to more people being employed as opposed to just focusing on capitalistic gains for the for the well-off, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think this this voting also really reflects the kind of uh, political discourse people want. Uh. That's not about gutter politics. That's not about... I mean, even as CNA, even CNA themselves, I think they also... Because they got puffed towards the end of the election, they also let go. <laughs> also they even said, you said, maybe it was about the heavy use of puffed in this election. Yeah. <laughs> then I was you like, know, oh shit, is it because it's 2am, you're like losing your marbles already, Don? <laughs> No, so her name is Dawn, is it? Dawn, yeah, yeah, Dawn. The the Yo. first the first pair of yeah, yeah, uh, the first pair. No, but one thing was fucking funny, you know, like uh, the first pair was Don Tio and uh, the other person, and then there were the two commentators, the the mm. academics, lah, right? Yep, then yep, half yep. half time they swapped the the yeah. CNA correspondents, but then the fucking commentators were still there, and you could see yeah. the Doctor Mustafa, right? He was he was <laughs> losing <laughs> it really, yeah. He was fucking losing it. It's like, like, I don't understand I mean, why they didn't plan to swap commentators because also yeah, it got after a while it got fucking boring just hearing them drone on about the same things over and over again, right? Yeah, exactly. And like sometimes the stuff they say, I know they yeah, having to talk and like uh, not being able to take a power nap and all can be quite taxing. And sometimes the stuff they were saying also was fucking obvious. I remember one time they were saying, so so what do you think the second GRC uh, win by WP means for the following election? And I think Dr. Mustafa's response was like, yeah, so you know, uh, the that's the reason why they have, they have won more seats this election because they won a second GRC. And you know, if they... <laughs> If they win a third GRC in the next election, they'll get even more seats. So I think that bodes very well for. Then I'm like, huh? What the fuck, dude? Thank you, Doctor Obvious. But that's why I think like they really should have scheduled a, a, yeah. a halftime swap. Yeah, and it, and it, I mean, they are quite. Um, I mean, they're academics, but they are generally they've been known to be quite pro-establishment. Or at least they yeah don't la. rock the boat so much. So you could, you could, I I could see like how much was going through their minds when they're trying to like properly say, oh, uh, the, the PAP uh, uh, yeah, it, it didn't do as well to some extent. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> when actually the swing, they're talking about like 18 to 20% <laughs> swings and then he's like, uh, uh, 1am, oh shit, what do I say? My tenure's on the line, no, my tenure's on I the line. I tell you, they, they were probably wearing the wearable device also. Then the moment they want to say, it's <laughs> just gonna, the wearable tracer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, oh. but okay, so one thing that did that did occur to me, okay, so as much as there's all this, uh, you know, excitement about more opposition in parliament, but, you know, like, even halfway through, they were giving updates, right? The PAP already has a has a simple majority. Mm. And then the PAP has a super majority. And at the end of it, right, to see fucking 83 out of 93 seats filled by the incumbent, mm. I don't know, I felt deflated a bit. Like, oh, is this yeah. really going to change anything? Okay, because if you look at it, like I remember 2011, 2015 when there was 2011 especially when there was a lot more opposition support. Uh, I was of course a lot more pathetic back then. Um, so I I knew there was opposition support. I didn't really understand why and all that. But after a while, like okay, uh, 2015 it swung back mm. to prop PAP, right? So do do you think it's going to be different now? Or not? I think definitely lah. Because if you really look beyond even 2011 uh, into more recent history. Year 2001, you know, 9-11, PAP got almost uh, 75%, 75, right? you know. Oh, I cannot imagine 75%, that. 75%, <laughs> eh, that's like, a 15, like 14% more than what this time was. 
Plus, the other thing you think about, although yeah, it seems like it's very few, but this is the first time we have double digits of of um, opposition. Opposition. They cannot even gather in public now. It will be illegal, you know. All these workers' party, they will have to split into two groups, five and five, because of social distancing. That's how many politicians there are. They are enough to like uh, almost form a football team already. Oh, they cannot. They cannot have meetings at someone's exactly, house yeah. because cannot, got more than five guests together. <laughs> yeah, five on five only. Okay, you stay in that they room. They cannot have official meeting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they cannot have official meeting in someone's yeah, house because they, yeah, they can pour <laughs> champagne all over each other and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they go to Lo- Tia Kang's house, some on the some at the top floor, some on the bottom floor. But anyway, yeah. what I was saying is that um I mean you go back a bit like into the history and, and you really see how opposition was always just one candidate from one party, you know, one Cham Si Tong from SDP, one JB Jaratnam from Workers' Party. And then after that, you literally I mean Kenneth Jaratnam, whatever, like Reform Party, all that. But literally, you see your, let's say your Kenneth Jarrett, you literally see your father go from being that one guy fighting against the, the establishment to being sued until bankruptcy and then, you know, ringing a bell and selling books outside outside Raffles City and things like that. So mm. that's how that's how tough it has been for opposition, you know. Literally, from, you know, you're the one guy in parliament, after that, you're fucking, you know, selling your autobiography on the streets. Uh. That, yeah. But now it's like, it feels like, Workers' Party is a real thing. It's like a, it's a it's a big chunk in Parliament. At least one. I mean, you could say it's one eighth or one ninth of the, one eighth of the Parliament. right. So yeah. if you have interesting ideas and and there are that might not coincide with what PAP is looking for in a candidate and all that, there is an avenue like, to bring it up. You bring it up through Workers' Party. You bring it up through opposition. And Singaporeans have shown, uh, yeah, like, we don't appreciate a lot of the dirty politics and. And things like that, so, and 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 J- people like Jameis Lim can can somehow slip through the ranks of PAP and come up through Workers Party, yeah? And what that guy really way of words, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like fucking his his speech also he he does a very social media friendly thing, like <laughs> you know you got a tagline you stick to it. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. start off only like you know my my the cockles of my heart are warm or something. Yeah. Fucking fucking baller, a masterstroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so are you saying that you are okay? Because if you take for example. Uh, on a on a much lesser scale, things that have brought Singapore together or divided them over recent years. One big yeah. issue is race, lah, right? Mm. And we were just talking about this a few weeks ago. As I mean, of course, it erupted because of Raisha Khan's tweets. But I think we did say that you know, two years or three years ago, there was a whole shrey our boys to men thing, and the whole country was divided. And literally for that week, the internet was occupied with that, lah. Mm. Then last year there was that brown face thing. Then this year there's this, but. Every time it feels weirdly the same cycle happening with no change. So are you saying you are optimistic that in politics it's not going to be like that over the next five years? Yeah, I'm super optimistic now because to me it's like um, someone like Raisha Khan, like I think like you mentioned before, like you would definitely want her in parliament even if yeah. you don't agree with her views. Like. And because she's under the leadership of someone like Pritam Singh who has shown to be a, not only a capable leader but a popular leader as well. Like. Yeah. So it's it means that it's a system of guidance and mentorship uh, that people can actually go through. That people with you know maybe views that might rub others the wrong way, although they don't know how to present their, their views such that that it, it you know it it doesn't go well with the electorates and all that. They know how to you know shape these people and mold them to be you know the next generation of leaders as well uh, within a party system. Uh. So okay, there's a lot of talk on like leadership, and they are definitely popular and all right. But I saw one post by a friend of mine saying that um, okay, he was disappointed with the outcomes, not because the PAP lost another GRC, but while he does see the need to have opposition representation, right? If you think about solutions that they discuss, right, they nothing really comes to mind. So 
his concern is that okay, it's true there's opposition, it's true they are likable, but is it really the best choice? But and but, I mean, and I've seen people in the comments also agreeing with that because okay, if you think about it, they mm. might be good leaders, but what about the thought that fuck okay, if you are charismatic and all, does it mean you have the best policy ideas lah? Uh, I mean, that one is a philosophical thing, but I think it would be too easy for someone like him to characterize that, that there's been no ideas. La. And the, the truth is there is a manifesto and it does differ from PP. Like literally something that will affect you straight away is GST rising 2% la, straight away. You know, mm. Like if I tell you GST will not rise for one year for 2%, 2% for one year, that saves you a chunk of money in your wallet like now, right? So mm. so to, to just say that always, like what, to, to say what Vivian said, there's that, Oh, you know, PA, you are PAP light. We could have written this. It's kind of saying that, yeah, la, they could have written, but they chose not to write it, which tells mm. you about their priorities. Uh, they choose not to, to you know, uh, alleviate the the pain on the on the person on the ground versus like the pain for capital, la. So, so mm. I think that's what James's point was when he said, even though it's just a small half step to the left, but it's because we choose to take the half step to the left that differentiates so, us so much from PAP, la. You know, mm. like the choice between capital and 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 labor. So I think I see a lot of characterizations on it, but in the end, maybe you should shoot back your friend, like, hey, you got fucking read the manifesto or not? You know, you ask him, <laughs> you ask him whether he really read. Because I mean, I mean, I, I, I read them. I, I even read through like the manifesto, manifestos, not even the summaries, but yeah, the, the stuff really stick that much. It doesn't stick that much, but does any of the, of the, of the other party stuff also stick? Like BAP stuff stick? No, it doesn't, you know? Yeah. So I mean, like I... I, I, I did think about it, but at the same time, right, I also feel like, you know, if we hold on to this idea that uh, it's only when someone presents something that we can we can understand and we are familiar with, then we go with them. It's also, mm. it's also not the best. Because, okay, going back to what I said just now, if you look, right, fucking PAP still has 83 out of 93 seats, yeah. right? Even if the 10 opposition parties have the most fucking ridiculous ideas, like no one uses electricity every Friday yeah. uh, or people do intermittent fasting uh, every month for two weeks, the f- whether or not it's going to be passed, it's a totally different thing, la, right? Yeah. And the PAP is still going to have not so much a monopoly of ideas, but the whole point is to bring in these other ideas for alternative options. Like, but it's not say the, the opposition coming with these ideas, it'll be followed, right? So when I see this kind of post, yeah, I mean, I can understand where he's coming from, but I also feel that part, part of it is like, okay, honestly, don't you think that as you grow older, there's a lot of things that people realize that even the smartest people in the most powerful positions, there's a lot of figuring out along the way, right? Mm. And I know it's not a comfortable thing to think about politics. You want your politi- politicians and leaders to know everything, but yeah. a lot of it is dealing with uh, things on the go and just looking at Pritam and the WP in terms of everything that has been thrown their way uh, I think they've done a fucking amazing job la. and yeah. even last night you know when there was a, the delay of two hours uh, and there were four opposition leaders I think including Tan Cheng Bok who started like saying you know that's not right blah blah I think Pritam was very smart to keep quiet mm-hmm. you know yep. and and I think I think to to me the, 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 the standout thing for the Workers Party right as much as he, uh, there's no one personality that fucking just defines the thing like Chi Sun Juan or Chiam Si Tong. I think a lot of credit needs to be given to Pritam. La. And this is just off the back of, there's this one podcast I listened to a few weeks ago by The Art of Manliness. Oh. Uh, it I thought you were going to say it's the, 
It's Nas Daily's new podcast or something. Oh, fuck. Why are you giving him at time? Huh? No, I mean, the I, art I, of man. You can't even help it. When you open Spotify, it's there. It's <laughs> yeah, that's in right. your face. Yeah. No, the art of manliness is, it sounds damn chauvinistic, but, uh, and it started off as a blog that I think was talking about how to, like, you know, like how to understand a girl and how to date and all, which I was reading up when I was single and, and desperate. La. But then now they've evolved to kind of talk about, okay, more... Maybe like uh, male-centric kind of content. So yeah. there was one podcast about what is the single defining trait of the greatest sports teams in history. La. And, mm. and then they define greatest as not just a team that did really well. Like Jordan's Bulls was not part of that uh, great teams because mm. I think how they define it was that against all odds, they had mediocre players, but they still achieved fucking amazing results. Mm. And the one thing was the captain. Mm. And and I think Pritam in this case, right, has done a fucking fantastic job being a leader and kind of doing everything right la, to the point that I think... So I'm also generally optimistic of the next five years, uh, yeah. contrary to what I may have um, uh, implied just now. La, because yeah. I think there's this culture of like, oh, fuck, it is, a, it is a, a machine that is moving. And even if you take Pritam out, right, it will still continue to uh, move. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which you can't really say for a lot of the other political parties. And... Fuck, man, I think if you're young now, especially, you, you imagine you're a fresh graduate and it's tough to find a job or something. You're already not happy. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who will be pulled into like, now fucking politics seems cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, Don't you yeah. think it has that coolness to it? Yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, like, like, like we, I, I definitely had to eat my words on, on Raisha Khan. La. I was definitely like, I mean, I, I was still supporting uh, her entry into parliament and everything. But I was so... I was very down on the oh because of what she said and the investigation is gonna backfire on Workers Party and they're gonna lose everything la, You know, I mm. literally said I in my mind was literally that because of the Raja Khan issue, uh, WP might get wiped out la, from this from this whole thing. Um, mm. But but um, it shows that that maybe you know as you get older, as for the younger generation now they're all voting and all. And they do want to see people like them, like their friends, uh, you know, represent them. La. Whether or not their friends are perfect or have credentialed resumes, you know, they've not gone through the SAF and become generals, even though, you know, uh, like, like, like Ng Chi Ming, for example, you know. But, <laughs> but they feel like, yeah, la, at least this is someone who is doing something about issues that I care about, like, you know, like uh, helping uh, people in, in Rohingya and things like that. So, it's 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 nice to see la, that Singaporeans actually vote for something just or think of something beyond just their own bread and butter issues as well, la, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and I mean she's gonna be the youngest MP ever, no? One mm. year younger than mm. Tin Peiling. She's yeah. gonna be twenty six, right, when she enters. And yeah. it just feels like yeah, I mean it's like you know when Joseph Schooling got a gold medal mm-hmm. and it feels like, oh fuck, a Singaporean can win a gold medal. I yeah. hope like more young people also realize that oh shit, they can actually make a difference. So that's where Raisha yeah. Khan maybe I don't think I felt uh that uh, her what the whole investigation was gonna totally throw WP, but I also thought that it would impact them mm. to a certain extent. Yeah. And who knows, maybe it did, maybe it did. Right, we will yeah. never know whether they would have gotten more votes if it wasn't for the whole investigation thing. But, yeah. but yeah, it just feels like wow. Uh, some, it was some people were talking about the you know you, you talked about the two hour delay or that right? Yeah. Some yeah. people were saying, do you think that two hour delay actually helps opposition or or, or hinders opposition like, You know, that that. Well, that, that one hard to say, is, yeah. Because in Workers Party, it seemed like Senkang and Senkang GRC specifically, a lot the queues were very long. Like. It seems like a lot of people wanted to go out and rock the vote. La. Maybe that helped Workers' Party in the end, la, right? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. And, and maybe true. maybe the long queues made people pissed off with 
PAP on the spot and they're like, fuck <laughs> yeah, it, I, I'm going to vote Workers' Party now. You know, so, so maybe the cues actually work in their favour. Yeah. So, so that's why it was just interesting and like, fucking, I, I don't know, man. I would love to just be a fly on the wall in the next PAP like cabinet meeting or something. Uh. Oh, that means so you want to be PAP, is it? You want to join? No, I want to be a fly on fly the, the wall. wall. Oh. Okay, I want to be a fly on the wall and not be part of it and just listen in oh. and like even see whether Ivan Lim is going to be there or not. Yeah. <laughs> fucking He's really hell, like man. a ghost that appeared out from the side. Uh. Yeah, and I he was, was like smiling and all that. Like, <laughs> maybe Tarman even oh, but Tarman mentioned his name. Uh. Yeah, At first, I thought maybe Tarman yeah. even didn't know he was there. Ivan Lim just snuck in, you know, like photobomb, <laughs> video bomb the the conference. And Tarman, then, basically, I, Tarman just did a he did a Lim Tian, uh, did a Lim Tian, but for his party la, he just carried them past the finish line for this whole election la, right? Yeah, that's. Like, right, so Lim Tian ended up twenty five percent votes. Tarman ended up with seventy five percent right? Yeah, correct. It's like you know the end of Iron Man when oh, like yeah, Tarman yeah. is running and then he sees his teammates all fucking dying. He's like slowly put them on his shoulder, put them on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. he runs past and he sees fucking Ivan Lim. He's like, ah, yeah, fuck, like, Ivan. Okay, grab my leg, grab my leg. Then Tarman just fucking like a like a like a like an absolute baller uh, running yeah, past yeah. the line. But I mean, I also must give a shout out to everyone who created the fucking hilarious memes last night. Uh. Mm, I think if I had good. to choose one, right, the f- my favorite was when uh, Singkang lost, and then it was uh, Ng Chi Ming going with me to register for Skills Future to upgrade. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that was funny. <laughs> I, 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 Ng Chi Ming was the minister that lost yeah. to the WP, like, and he his position is the NTUC, uh, yeah. secretary general of the National Trades Union Congress, uh, which yeah. is NTUC. And it was yeah. fucking hilarious, man. I think because Singaporeans shit. are also sick of hearing that, oh, if you got retrenched, go for yeah, go, <laughs> go upgrade your skills. Uh, go skills future. You can upgrade from dishwasher <laughs> to cleaner or, or something like that. Cleaner to dishwasher or something like that. Like. So, yeah. Everyone's like, so, why, why, what? I mean, at the end of the day, it's $500 skills future is not going to, you know, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna jump from being a great, uh, you know, great Z to great A overnight just from doing a skills future <laughs> course. So, it just. I mean, I think in the US there was the you know the 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 term like hashtag learn to code or something like that. Yeah, yeah. When they were telling code. people, telling like um, telling uh, blue collar workers especially like learn oh, to code, yeah, yeah right. learn to code uh, You know, if you want, and then people are mocking that after a while. So this was our equivalent of it lah. But the the the, yeah. the meme I liked was the. After the Marymount SMC when the <laughs> general ex general Gan Xiao Xiao Huang won, then there was a meme of a message being distributed to Marymount residents saying, Marymount residents, here is your your schedule for tomorrow. Zero five forty five AM Reveille, wake up. Five yeah. BX exercise. So it was it read like army schedule like being sent out to Marymount residents because yeah. Gan Xiao Huang her speech, her initial speech when she was uh, first nominated was like really epic, like like a war, like like you're gearing up for war and like that. Yeah. So and for those people not familiar with uh, Singapore National Service, literally every morning is like five thirty reveille, which is a French word for get up or something, is it? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yep. Then like first fall in five five BX, which is what push ups, sit ups, and all that, and then breakfast, yeah. area cleaning, first break. <laughs> wow, it was fucking hilarious, man. But, but oh yeah, one more shit. I one thing I wanted to was to really also shout out to Tin Peiling. Uh. I think. If anyone really encapsulates, like you know, like uh, within the PAP, like fighting spirit and being able to change your image, is really her, la. I mean, she remember I, I in twenty eleven, she honestly was like, like you mentioned that she was the younger one, of the youngest MPs elected. But at the same time, she was a bit of a uh, a running joke, la. You know, like she was like a little girl and she was showing off her kids' paid handbags, and no one really was taking her seriously and all. But she promised, you know, I will I will fight for you all. So she ended up. I think after she got elected, she quit her full-time job to become a full-time MP, everything. And I mean, she became a mother and all that as well. Uh, but uh, 
but now she's like what seventy three percent of the mm. of the vote, and and seems like she's super well liked and she carries herself very well as a as a as a you know uh, MP. So so yeah. it really shows you yeah like, in a span of in a span of eight years, a young person can you know become really like a one of the more popular figures within the the establishment as well like. Yeah man, so there's a path to redemption like, right? Yeah, so Ivan Lim, I mean. <laughs> Don't fuck life. Don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. Go and sit down and limp copy with your RSM first. You finish that one, then you post on Facebook. Then we let us judge again whether you're ready. Okay lah. Like, I think I think every photo of Tarman now, right? You're just gonna see Ivan Lim photo bomb in the background. Yeah, he's just you know in the because background. he might think yeah, like if I associate with Tarman, people will see me as an extension of Tarman. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a good thing lah. Like. Yeah. So Actually, then yeah. What? Well, go ahead. No, I mean the other one was uh, what do you think of the Amokyo GRC result? Amokyo is important because it was Lee Kuan Yew as well lah. Like. I mean, uh, Lee Kuan Yew, Lee Hsien Loong. Lee Hsien Loong. Lee Hsien Loong's ward. Lah. I mean, the, the vote dropped a bit for PAP this time. Uh, yeah. And then, but, uh, yeah, lah, the, you know, actually the shocking thing is that RP actually got 28% of the vote, lah, which I was mm. like, I mean, they fucking two out of five people turned up for their political, their constituency broadcast. Charles Yeo was the laughing stock of the, of the internet for one whole day. And yeah. um, Kenneth Gerardum, the boss, was on fucking stay-home notice throughout <laughs> this whole election. <laughs> He only turned up for the interview at the end. That's all. No, and they managed to I get think, 28%. No, I think that's quite heartening also because if you think about Tarman's GRC, Jurong GRC, he was up against Red Dot United, which mm. is a new party. Yeah. Right? And they still got 25%. Mm. So I think, I mean, to me, it just feels like, okay, la, there's a there's a lot more support for opposition and it's almost that people are starting to believe that, oh, fuck, opposition can be good. Let's give them a chance. Because last time it was always like, you know, opposition... Uh, can they do this? Can they do that? And with all the the there was the court case of the management of the funds and all that. But now it's almost like they like WP is like the Joseph schooling of Singapore's yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like previously people thought, hey, you know, Singapore athletes, blah 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 blah. Then fucking Joseph schooling won, and then like, everyone is like, oh shit, we actually can can do shit uh. or like yeah. the Fandi Ahmad or I don't know about singing like I won't comment on that. But sports wise, uh, yeah, it feels like yeah. I think maybe people there's I think it just boils down to more. Less like more anti PAP sentiment. Mm. And I think you mentioned before, like after Joseph Schooling won the Olympics, it felt like, I guess for Singapore kids especially, or anyone who's yeah. played sports in Singapore, it felt like, oh, there's actually a way to become a world class athlete in Singapore. Yeah, right? that's right. So now, in a sense, like if you don't fulfill that cookie cutter PAP candidate image, like you didn't go to become officer at SAF and all that nonsense, and then go and get scholarship or that, hey, there's still a chance for you. You can, you know, be. So, you know, do something interesting outside and then still have a chance to uh, be a politician la, if that's what you want to yeah. be in Singapore. La. No, exactly. <laughs> One thing that struck me was when they were showing the GRC candidates side by side, right? Like, you know, like Workers' Party, even for Sengkang or Aljunit, it feels like, okay, you know, you got a darker-skinned person, a lighter-skinned mm-hmm. person, a female, a male. Fucking PAP, it looks like, you know, sometimes when you have to write multiple emails to different people, you want the yeah. body of it to be the same. You copy, then you paste, 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 <laughs> then you go in and tweak a bit, right? Yeah, it yeah. felt like every fucking PAP GRC is like that. Yeah. They have one minister, then they copy and then paste, 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 paste. Yeah. Then, okay, this one remove hair a bit, this one yeah. make eyes smaller a bit, this one lighten skin. And it was just so fucking cookie cutter and everything about them is just, yeah, the white, it just feels like, wow, this is, this is a, not the best optics for them at, at all. Yeah, and this was really one of the, in terms of the PAP in the new candidates, right, the most number of women they've ever fielded mm. in a, as a new candidate. Honestly, do you that, remember, yeah. like, do, you, do any of them stick out to you? Our, only General Gun, no? only General Gun because General of Gun her speech, la. La, yeah. But the rest of them, yeah, la, I mean, really, 
Other because all of them all came from the same humble humble backgrounds. Yeah. I cannot differentiate <laughs> all any climbing of them. trees. Yeah. That's how they discuss their political ambitions when they were young. Uh. Climbing uh. at the top of trees, like, hey, you also you want to become yeah. politician in 30 years? Sure, 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 I can. Yeah. Okay, but one thing I also found out uh recently was that every opposition uh GRC, okay, not every, like the WP from in Algernate, there's still a PAP grassroots advisor. Like the candidate that lost, they are still there. So yeah. now I've, I've seen some people comment that, okay, you know, if the opposition really wants to show their mettle, what PAP should do is just pull out their their grassroots advisors and let WP manage everything. Because I know there's one school of thought, I don't know how true it is, is that the PAP advisors still provide some sort of guidance, like, which in itself is fucking full of assumptions. Mm. But that's something I didn't know before. Yeah, it's basically the People's Association, you know. Uh. It's actually a... It's meant to be a government organization. Means it should be agnostic of any party politics or what. But yeah. it's primarily, you know, it's very pro the PAP like straight times, uh, supposed to be agnostic of politics as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, the grassroots advisor is there to. He can even hold meet the people sessions. He has an office and all that kind of thing. Uh, but what I think is why they wouldn't do that in terms of pulling out the the person is that, uh, if you want to win back the the ward, you need to have visibility there, lah. You can't mm. be seen as abandoning it because you know it's it didn't vote for you. Though I mean those days are over. I think if anything, this election shows that. I mean, like you, a lot of people voted fearlessly, like, You know, they're not scared already. They're not scared of like, oh, I don't get my covered walkway and things like. That. In fact, someone said maybe Senkang the problem was that they they built too many walkways too early already, like. They already finished building all the walkways in Senkang. Then now it's like <laughs> nothing left to build already. <laughs> So they can't, they can't, they can't hold it back from anyone anymore. But yeah, So people are not voting based on whether they have covered walkways or bubble tea shops downstairs anymore already, lor. They're really yeah. voting based on you know do they connect with the the the, the party that is talking to them. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so, for your own ward, are you happy with your the result and everything? I mean, my one was the SMC, uh, and the opposition candidate was from our uh, Reform Party, and not not the most prominent. So. I mean, I already knew that what was going to be the result. Mm. Um, so yeah, it it was it was a uh, yeah it was it was almost like okay, uh yeah, and it ended up like seventy five percent PAP la. Mm. no 70, 70, 70 plus percent, not I as see, high as Tarman, but see. yeah, it just yeah, uh, I I don't know man, I, I'm I'm optimistic, but I just hope like uh yeah la, the so, uh but okay then the, the another question is like the elephant in the room la. because if let's say Hengsui Ket based on this result, they're like, mm, maybe he might not be as strong a PM. La. And who in, in, if, who do you think came out looking really strong that they... they besides Taman. Besides Taman, I mean, yeah. Let's assume I mean, that okay. they move past uh, Taman already. I know, I know there are certain people who have been like kind of uh, highlighted as potential alternatives, mm. which if I understand correctly, is Chan Chun Singh and Ong Ye Kung. Mm. Uh, but I think, actually, Lawrence Wong, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Just... Okay, so I admittedly don't know enough of each of their backgrounds and competencies apart from what, what the kind of portfolios they hold now. But I think in terms of... Um, because to me, the, the PM ultimately has a much bigger role in terms of being the, the leader, the figurehead, and the person who communicates with, this, with the country. And I think of all the ministers in what has been probably the, one of some of the most trying times Singapore has ever faced, Lawrence Wong has done a good job just being that person. Mm. Yeah. 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 You? I mean, yeah lah, I I am in the Tanjong Paga ward, unfortunately. And then uh, no no not unfortunately lah, but at the same time I saw 
the victory speech yesterday and then Chan Chun Sing just had this really smug look yeah, on his face. Fuck yeah. He's just smiling oh, from he like he just secretly amsio to himself the whole like, when all his other party members were speaking and all then you're like, oh wow, this guy is like so happy, even though they, they lost a, a big percentage on the last election. Mm. But it's still a better showing than other other wards also. La. Um so yeah, la, I mean it's seems like you know, we they might need to go back to the drawing board because I think Ong Kong like also he he gained quite a few new fans during this election because of his mm. his debating skills in Mandarin and all. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so we we'll, I mean, who knows what the PAP will so take the, back from this election, uh. Yeah. Speaking of Sugar Daddy Hang, you know when he was giving his speech after the East Coast, they won East Coast. There was background music, no? Is it? Do you remember? No, I, you don't I remember. Didn't, I didn't, I don't it was remember. fucking hilarious. It was almost some emo music and. <laughs> I mean, I took a video of it. I can send it to you, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. people were sharing it online also. But, but it just feels like even in that speech, okay, I don't know if it is because of his stroke or something. But even if it is, it just feels like you watch it. You're like, there's a bit of like, this. You know, like how you have some friends who have a have a tendency to say something awkward or something mm-hmm. weird, and when you're yeah. meeting your new friends or let's say is your. Uh, significant other meeting parents and all that you always are on the tip of your tongue oh please don't say anything please don't say anything yeah, yeah. and Sugar Daddy Hing gives me that feeling man <laughs> yeah, that was the feeling I got when I saw him like uh, canvassing before the before the vote polling like he was just going around giving out flyers to people at the hawker centre and then like someone wanted to shake his hand then he's like oh cannot shake cannot shake just, just like thank you thank you <laughs> it's that kind of very, oh very awkward. Yeah, like, that's why doesn't know how no, to but, talk to people. No, so that's why, like, as a minister, if he's brilliant and all, sure. But for a prime minister, right? Like, wow, prime minister is almost like the CEO of a company, lah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you want you want them to have the, the people skills and be able be able to convince because if you don't do a good job of that and people start uh, thinking about the little holes, right? That's when it's 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 problematic, lah. So, yeah. mm, so okay, like, <laughs> if I ask you, can you ever imagine yourself enter pol- entering politics? No, no, cannot. Why? Eh? I mean, I think in Singapore, a lot of it starts with uh, the the act of, of social service and volunteering a lot of time to do stuff like that. Lah. And then after that, uh-huh. when you actually go into the actual politics itself, uh, it's a it's a popularity contest. Lah. So it's a bit like last time in school, all that counsellor, school counsellor, JC counsellor, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then honestly, even that, I remember those days, I used to watch them like canvassing and like, why the hell am I even listening to this person talk? Like you are, you're, you're talking about something that you you don't even talk about anything that affects me. You mean the counselors are the yeah, counselors and the prefects? Counselors, yeah, the zero effect on my <laughs> life and what you know, and and like like you just want me to vote for you because of like this two minute speech you make, and and I, I feel politics is a lot of that lah. But of course, there's a level of I think social work that they do that that you I people like like you and me probably don't see because we don't you know we don't go to the meet the people sessions and and yeah. and all that right but they probably it's a lot of good that they do lah uh, and yeah lah, it's just not something that I I choose want to do uh, but in, now in now with a little bit of a a bit of a glamorous thing attached to politics you know like how like I heard like last yeah. year or even I don't know whether now but if you ask primary school students and all what they want to do when they grow up a significant pop- proportion of them say they want to become influencers yeah, which yeah, to yeah. me is like I don't even know what the fuck influencer means yeah. so do you think now you might get young people saying I want to be politician or not possibly yeah. but it, okay, I think the, so man no, but the other thing that hit me also was that yeah our politicians here also like must wear must wear this uniform 
Yeah. We all must, each party must wear uniform. It's like, it's a bit like we compare our secondary school to to other schools, high schools no, in the West or what. Even in, in even in like South Korea, I don't think they don't they wear uniform Actually, for as yeah. long as we do. Then I think, ah, true. you join political party also must wear uniform and like you cannot like have any personality <laughs> yourself. Why must I wear white all the way? You know, we did that for so long for like almost 21 years of our life, including army. And then after that, you want to go into politics, you must wear uniform again. Why? Why? What's the obsession with uniforms? Uh, you know, I, I, oh, yeah, okay, and this is fuck, coming from yeah. this coming from someone who was in a uniform group <laughs> in secondary school, went to army and wore uniforms so much. And I'm why, 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 why must you be like really like squeezed to fit into this mold of what a politician should be? Like, you know. Oh shit! I just Google political uniform, and the first line of the Wikipedia article says a number of political movements have involved their members wearing uniforms, typically as a way of showing their identity in marches and demonstrations. The wearing of political uniforms has tended to be associated with radical political beliefs, <laughs> typically at the far right or far left of politics, and can be used to imply a paramilitary type of organization. Yeah. Whoa! Because yeah, <laughs> if you think about it, I remember like even. We we in Singapore wear uniforms all the way t- until up by eighteen lah, right? At the end of JC, yeah, and a lot army. of schools, army oh yeah, also. army also. Yeah. But once you go uni and poly, is different lah. But yeah. a lot of schools abroad, once you are like past high school, no, actually, I, okay, school, the US yeah. is the one one extreme. But yeah. uh, I know in Australia and maybe Commonwealth countries, there's more use of uniforms. Yeah. But yeah, when it comes to political parties, to wear a uniform as opposed to like a pin or a coordinated tie yeah. or something, exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah, to, fuck, to, that's true. So it, it tells you that that it's not a job where you you differentiating yourself is a very desirable thing. Those a lot of, they sort of want to like uh sort of fit you into this certain mold lah. Whether whichever party you are, and that's that's <laughs> the thing that that doesn't doesn't appeal to you me think, You think any of the PAP people actually wear their secondary school or JC uniform or not? They're like hey, actually sure. same color. <laughs> yeah, easier. Same color. I just I just wear you know. Yeah. <laughs> easier. No, right. but actually that's that's them true. And plus you must also be able to steeple. You know, if you uh, want to be a politician, debate, you must be able to yeah. steeple. That's the word, right? Steeple. Steeple, yeah, yeah, steeple. Correct, yeah, steeple. Steeple. But yeah, then, I mean, uh, on that note also, like, I just have to shout out to the Singapore Democratic Alliance for having the most awesome, the most awesome uniform. Uh. Their the uniform really was looked like, uh, they look like air traffic controllers like that. Uh. They're wearing the, they wear yellow vests over their office shirts and everything. <laughs> oh, that was, was them. Right, yellow vests. So I'm like, wow, this guy's really doing it for the attention. Nah. So it's it's really striking. And I'm like, uh, even this, but even these guys got like 25% of the vote or something like that like, in wherever they contested. So, okay, kudos to them. <laughs> I guess, I guess, uh, must also give a shout out to the one independent candidate in Singapore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his his name is Cheng Penghua and he got two percent of the votes in his SMC, I believe. And yeah. I mean I still I still respect it. And honestly, right, if you have like fifteen K to spare, mm. you wanna you want a fun thing to do, you can actually run for politics, right? And like uh I, I mean I just think yeah, there's a thirteen thousand five hundred dollar deposit which they have to give up if they do not at least get twelve point five percent of the vote. Yeah. It's like a uh, one one lifetime, once in a lifetime experience, right? Maybe yeah. if you really need uh to to get some public, uh uh airtime or like do something on your CV, rather than <laughs> then, yeah. then then take a job elsewhere that you know like uh you have to travel and now also it's difficult. Yeah. Just run for politics uh, in five years time. So you see yourself, time. you see yourself being excited by the possibility of entering politics, huh? No, no, no. So I, I, I've used this to respond to other people who have asked me the same question in the past. Mm. I would like to be politically influential, but not mm. by being a politician. Mm. Uh, by being like creating content, doing podcasts like this, yeah. where it still kind of helps. Maybe like, uh, 
like bring some thoughts that maybe other people may not have have to make them more informed when it comes to voting lah. But fuck, you being a politician, can you cannot swear, right? Yeah, can you imagine you can like swear, if yeah. you're at a rally? Actually, yeah. maybe red note. Even rally in this <laughs> cannot, day and age, you cannot. You're like, yeah, yeah. fuck it, let's do it, man. Yeah. Gone. You're you're gone. You know, you're yeah. gone. So I think that might be a, a little tricky. But but yeah, I mean, I think. In on on that note, I think thank you all so much for listening to the podcast that we were doing every day during the elections. Uh, we did it because we knew that it was going to be stuff we wanted to talk about, and we knew we hoped that it would fill a gap in terms of boiling down the more complex stuff into more layman stuff as we try to understand it also, lah. Yeah, you know what I'm the most proud of for this for this uh for this series of podcasts we're doing. What? I mean, uh, uh, I I just very proud that it's essentially you can look back. If you want to understand how people were feeling on the ground 10 years from now during the 2020 election or that, you can just listen to our podcast from day one <laughs> and <laughs> you actually, you will get a day by day like, oh, today our mood wasn't feeling so good because the Raisha can thing happened and all that. Of course, it's just a perspective of a couple of people, but I think because of our community that we have on Reddit and the fact that we actually respond a lot to Reddit and read the stuff on Reddit and get affected by the stuff that people post to us and all, it's a good reflection of a, a large swath of people la. and, and so you, it's much probably hopefully much more entertaining than, than trolling back to someone's tweets from 10 years ago la. you know like what so, people love to so do so you're saying in, in 5 years time like in the social studies exercise they'll be okay go listen to the Yalabad podcast yeah. uh, day 1 to day 5 and then we'll talk about it you know what <laughs> if, that, if that happens great but you know what will be even fucking greater like during the next elections when they're having the polling results announced instead of those two professors it can be us yeah, you know yesterday it was one Chinese one, one, one minority yeah. yo yo we have it here man yeah, why not man we're fucking and, awesome and really sharing the word, uh, I mean the, yeah lah, We we I think we give a pretty good give them a good run for the money lah in terms of entertaining people. Those yeah, people, entertaining, entertaining. Those two guys are oh, really after the a while, academic like, academic insight. Uh, I think maybe not, but entertainment definitely for sure. Yeah. And I will swear, no, I will not swear. I'll swear to not swear. Comfort, what, we volunteer to do, to do the two a.m. slot lah. That means you take over yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Like, you can tell all these people cannot really after two a.m. cannot. Oh, Whereas we all like Mustafa. Yeah, we Ooh. do YouTube all that after two a.m. We still editing on lah. Very normal for us. Yeah. yeah, and so ironic, right? Like doctor, his name is Mustafa, and he yeah lah, couldn't last twenty four hours, man. He could not last. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, yeah. What's what's your well, your one big uh if you know, memory from this election, uh, the the biggest thing for you, the one uh, I'm, event I'm, for me, it would be the the sentiment, the general sentiment after the debate. Like it just felt like a mm. fucking injection of like of like uh, an elixir of hope. Uh. like mm. holy shit! Because I was expecting the debate to be like, oh, fuck, a little lame and all, but to see it kind of like well rounded and to also have someone like Jameis who's so charismatic, kind of capture the attention of a lot of people. Right? Fucking hell, that was dope, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I for think you? yeah. I think for me was was when the Heng Sui Cat East Coast Plan fumble came up. Uh. Then then it just made me realize that oh shit, like East Coast Plan may be up for grabs. You know, like actually, yeah, human, yeah. Like like everyone is probably as unprepared as the opposition parties are also for for this whole thing, like In the sense of like, you know, oh fuck, we just got out of CB, then suddenly phase one, then suddenly phase two, then suddenly this, like like so so actually. Uh, yeah, like in terms of preparation, maybe everyone needed more time. And then, yeah, like, and then you see the queues yesterday. The, I mean, the queues were not right in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, it was completely unnecessary. So yeah, it just enca- it just encapsulated everything. The the whole fumble. We have a a, a plan that you know didn't work out. Uh. 
Yeah. So now, so now the big question is: When is the next PM going to be announced? Is there generally a a, a timeline? No, because but Lee Hsien Loong has said publicly yeah. that he and Teo Chee Hen and Tarman are going to lead the yeah. the bringing the country out of the pandemic, lah, right? Which yeah, which will easily be next year. So I don't think it'll be anytime that soon or so, lah. Yeah, cause cause if anything, this I think this election has shown that uh, we need a bit more convincing on this so called four G leadership, lah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And Vivian like, Balakrishnan, we don't consider you 4G leadership, so stop trying to insert yourself <laughs> in there. And I tell you, Sugar Daddy Hing, he's going to yeah. get a makeover, he's going to get a tattoo, uh, he's going to like change his glasses. Dude, uh, he needs to come on our podcast and talk to us. Yeah. Exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know Sugar Daddy Hing, yeah. you know, come give us some sugar. We probably give stop. us some of your sugar. If you come, we won't swear, la. we won't swear. Then, then, yeah, then, we won't swear, yeah, we, we won't swear. swear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine if he came comes on and then we bring him to a tattoo parlor and then get a sugar daddy hang tattoo <laughs> yeah, on like on the show. Like we record it while he's getting tattoo. Well, well, no, he'll, yeah, he'll be the most popular epic, guy yeah. overnight. <laughs> yeah, then then he posts that on Instagram. I don't know if he has an Instagram account. I think yeah. he he does, he does. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, fuck sugar daddy hang man. But cool, cool. Come on, man. Come on. So but yeah. But thank you, Singapore, for last night, you know, it really warmed the cockles of my heart. Yeah, man, and, and I think I think for Harish also, right? Definitely, yeah. And thank yeah. you all so much for listening. Uh, we're still gonna carry on the podcast after this. Uh, we are figuring out what it's gonna look like, but definitely at the very minimum, it'll, it'll be the two episodes per week, lah. Yeah, maybe yeah, two yeah. episodes a week talking about Siashi's beef with some other influencer. Yeah, <laughs> and how that represents the future of Singapore. Yeah. But uh, we will be responding to Reddit uh, as well. So please keep the comments coming. Yeah. Please share this podcast if you if you felt it was useful or enjoyed it in any such way. Mm. And cool. uh, yeah, thank you Singapore for voting fearlessly. Yeah, thumbs up, man. <laughs> Dude, that's twenty fifteen lah. Twenty fifteen something. <laughs> Woman, let let us go and cut cardboard together. <laughs> no, and what did what did James Lim say yesterday? Something Sengkang. What he was like? What he ended the speech. I, I, I didn't I didn't I only caught the front of it I didn't catch the end but yeah well love it okay but he said something like okay just just thank you Singapore la. thank you yeah, Singapore yeah. yep cool peace all right peace. <laughs>